Hey, I'm Marin Wynn, and you're listening to PodNed, a podcast for nurses in the emergency department. Hi guys, welcome to PodNed. This is our very first podcast. Very exciting. Um, I'm here with Marin, my dear friend, and we decided to put together a podcast that was specific for emergency nurses to share all things emergency nursing. Um... Yeah, but our first podcast is all different. Hey, we planned this great podcast and then... COVID happened. Yeah, the pandemic <laughs> happened and it changed changed the landscape of everything we do. So we thought, let's not sort of brush it under the carpet. Let's talk about it. But um, I guess first we should probably introduce ourselves a little because no one knows us. So I have been an ED nurse for about 14 years now. I've done a few different roles. I've been a clinical nurse, a clinical nurse consultant, a clinical facilitator. Uh, I've done a short period of time as an acting nurse unit manager. I've done the associate nurse manager role and now educator, which is by far my favourite. I've worked in large tertiary trauma centres. I've worked in large metropolitan hospitals. I've also worked in rural centres. I've worked in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia, WA. So I have got around a bit, done a bit of travelling. You've done the uh, same too. I'm about the same, yeah. I did my nurse training in Ireland and qualified in 2006. So however many years ago that is. Yeah. Quite a while. Let's not count. No. <laughs> um, so I've also done um, basically mostly clinical work. I've always been in ED um, and I've done some... CF work, educator, CNC. I'm now in an acting nurse manager role for the first time, which um is pretty challenging given the it. current climate. But anyway, yeah, what a hell of a time to do the the num role. Yeah, like, it's just crazy. You're doing an awesome job, but it's been very it hectic. More, more of a challenge than you thought, I guess. Yeah, I think like I was only just getting my head around what was business as usual for this role um and COVID happened yeah and now my whole life is eat sleeping breathing all things COVID and PPE related I know and I reckon that's the hardest thing with this pandemic is that when it first started I felt like I couldn't escape it you were you were like you say eat sleep breathe it when you were at work but then you went home and you had the, the same community and the same family stresses that everybody else did. I struggled a lot when when it first started to sort of switch off. Did you have the... Yeah, I think so because I think from a professional point of view, we went into this planning, like crazy, hectic planning for worst case scenario, which had to happen. Um, So that, you know, took over everything that I did in the day was some form of a meeting related to COVID planning and then you know you go home and it's all over the news it's all over the tv it's got special broadcasts um and then you turn on your phone and it's all over social media and from a media point of view the thing I struggled with was that everybody was talking about worst case scenario and we were getting all this exposure to what was happening overseas certainly for me I felt like at that point in time that's where we were going to end up you know Mm. we were going to end up with this the health service being overwhelmed and staff being sick and you know it was a lot to take in yeah it was and how do we do it we were 
we're pretty good. We're pretty adaptable here um, because of the, the massive community that we serve for in our catchment. But I couldn't fathom having double that on top. And I think that's what I struggled with as well. Like how do, how do we deal with that surge? How yeah, we... I think we're so busy day to day normally in our normal business that trying to get your head around what this emergency department was potentially going to look like mm. on top of what we already do was like, I could not get my head around no, that. And, me neither. You know, as a, in this role as a nurse manager, trying to figure out some, you know, strategies for making sure that our staff would still be able to come to work and, you know, that the roster was full and in the midst of all things COVID, frantically trying to recruit people Mm. and you know it was just like it was very overwhelming I think for the first couple of weeks and you know trying to find your feet and make sure you're making the right decisions for staff and for patients and you had no guide balancing act yeah big time there was no precedent either there's nobody's ever done this before and we, we were the same as everywhere else in the world like how how do you prepare for it yeah. When no one's done it before, you know, no, most of the things in healthcare, somebody's done, done it and there's research and there's, you know, plans of how to do it, but nobody had a plan for this. Yeah, and, and I think EDs are really good at, you know, for example, planning for a major incident or a major disaster that will run over a short term. Uh, and we can cope with that. Mm. But how do you plan for something that, number one, it was still kind of hypothetical. Number two, we were planning for worst case scenario, but we didn't feel like we were there yet. And then, you know, looking to overseas for guidance from people that were already overwhelmed and thinking that's where we were going to end up. Everybody who is already experiencing it was far too busy <laughs> to, to think to about it. putting any um, resources out there or, you know... They're obviously busy saving lives and looking after their staff and patients to be publishing research, research. Or, or this is what anything. we did. Or you know, I did listen to it, some podcasts that came out of Italy, and um, they made me more frightened. Me too. So I had to stop listening. I was listening to them for you know education purposes because I thought at least I'll get some direction on what I need to educate because it was a little bit like what are what are we expecting and how do you how do you pump out that much education to like what we've got 300 headcount of staff that's just nursing staff how, how do you do that when you don't even know what you're looking at you know and I so I listened to the podcast and I was trying to fill you know my head with what what was the possibility and what do I need to know so I can impart that and it all it did is freak me out all that's all it did it didn't it didn't actually give me any direction it just terrified me yeah, and I had to stop as well. I remember sitting in the office here saying to you, "This is what's going to happen," and I've just heard this, and I've just heard that, um, and it was frightening. And I thought, uh, in the beginning, I, I thought that being the leader here in in this one of the leaders in this pandemic meant that I had to not show that I was frightened. You know, I couldn't I couldn't show anybody else that I was mm. frightened. And it overwhelmed my, my poor family, my poor husband, because I would go home and fall to pieces and say, I'm actually terrified of of what could happen and how we'll, we'll cope. 
and what could happen to our family as well, you know. And I think that um, was, like, I find that the same. It's really hard because, you know, you're trying to make decisions that are going to support everybody that works here um, and their families and allow them to still come to work and, you know, have somewhere to send their children for school and daycare. Um, and, you know, speaking for both of us, we both have young families oh. and also <laughs> we also fall into that criteria. So yeah. you're trying to manage it as best you can and, you know, lead and do the right things. But you're also, as an individual, facing um, the exact same challenges outside of work that everybody Everyone else is facing and also trying to navigate the uncertainty and you know, do you have somewhere to send your child to school on Monday or don't you? And what are you going to do if, you know, that happens? So you, I, you're just so right. It was just so hard to escape it. Mm. You, you went from planning from a work point of view during the day to planning for your family when, when you, you got home. Mm. Um, and I ended up like having to, you know, just draw a line in the sand to not tune into any of the news broadcasts, not tune into any of the social media just to try and minimise, you know, to, I suppose, get back to being able to think about it in a rational way. Yeah. And not getting caught up. In the drama. In the drama yeah. and in the media and in the worst case scenario, because touch wood at this point, we haven't hit that. No. Um, and we've planned as if we're going to, which is great. All those plans are in place. But, you know, it's really nice to be in a more rational headspace. Uh, and I think we're we are in a unique position, and um, it's a bit of a luxury to be able to say that. I certainly didn't think six weeks ago, no, that we would be in the space that we are now. Um, with I numbers. And... I agree. I had to do the same thing. I had to switch off, and it wasn't until I switched off from the media, from social media, from the news, I didn't engage in anything, um, and acknowledged with you guys that actually I'm really scared it made me feel better because you've got to feel it you can't you can't escape that you have to feel what everyone else is feeling and we were all feeling it mm. and I think that's probably one of the best things that's come out of it other than we're super prepared now for what comes <laughs> <laughs> is uh the connection we already had before the pandemic is even stronger now as a team and that is across multidisciplinary it's not yeah. just our team I think that's twofold I think you know we're asking our staff everybody that works here all disciplines to look after themselves and to mind their family and to be conscious of how they're feeling and you know to do something that fits their kind of self-care agenda um and we weren't doing it ourselves until yeah. we kind of hit that point where it became a conscious decision to tune out of all the drama and to make a decision to leave work in time because it will all still be there the next day. That's right. And to support each other and to have debriefs and to, you know, talk about it, acknowledge how we're feeling and get into that space ourselves. You know, we were asking it of others but weren't really we were. ticking that box. No. Um, which you know, thinking about it in hindsight's a bit hypocritical. Yeah, but you're in that space, aren't you? You just go, 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 and you're so worried about the team that you just you just want everyone to take care of themselves. You just forget to do it for yourself. Yeah. But we've come up with some great ways of, you know, in, 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 intuitive, intuitive, I can't think of the word, 
trying to say. <laughs> Great ways <laughs> of, of keeping their staff informed, of, of keeping them well. You know, we've got the Great Wellness Group that um, has done some fantastic things over this time. But yeah. also, you know, just doing Facebook Lives, you and I, purely to answer their questions. Yeah, and I think that's I think probably been so helpful. something that we can discuss in this format because it might actually help other departments that are struggling with how you know how to communicate we all know this thing changes every single day and sometimes multiple times a day and you know you have to change how you're doing something or change a model of care or change a particular type of PPE or change a patient flow process or like everything's changing all the time Mm. as this develops and certainly something I struggled with was how in God's name, are we going to keep 300 nursing staff alone, probably close to 600 with medical staff up to date with these changes? Like, how do we do that? So um, I borrowed an idea, probably stole it actually, of my friend in Sydney um, for doing Facebook Lives. And she had told me that it was, you know, really helpful for their team to keep up to date with all the changes so myself and Lisa that's something we've adopted we usually do one per week um, unless minimum. it's a pretty hectic yeah, week and there's loads of changes we've done a couple and you know if we've had long long days off like we did we did one before Easter just because there was four days with, yeah. without us here but I always get so many comments from the staff about how helpful they are because when they're not at work they don't they don't have to tune in live but they, they jump can on still later. see it yeah, yeah. And I think that's been a bit of a saving grace for us. And yeah, I think definitely. it opens up conversation and actually helps, certainly helps me to feel a bit more connected to the team. Because I think sometimes when you're not working clinically and you're, you know, you're in an office staring at a computer all day, it's very easy to feel disconnected from where people are at and what they're feeling like and the actual reality of what this translates to for people. Because, you know, we can make plans on paper that in our head look great and until you actually have to use them and work through them sometimes they just don't work yeah um or sometimes it raises even more questions that we haven't even thought about which have been some great questions that have come out of the lives haven't yeah. they? that have completely stumped us as well yeah and we've, so we've, we haven't had answers at the time yeah. but i think people also appreciate honesty yeah um and you know we'll go away and try and find the answers for them um and i think that's probably been the most valuable communication tool um, we have also set up uh, teams like Microsoft Teams for everybody that's accessible by everybody and we do an update every day um, with policies, procedures whatever. It's nice to have a one stop shop for the information isn't it it's, yeah. it's much easier than trying to search through thousands of emails that has been really helpful. Yeah because we're all mm. getting bombarded with yeah. emails too so how do you pick what's the most important um, and then obviously every department is different and has its own way of doing things. Yeah, and, and nuances and geography and whatever. So what works in one place may not work elsewhere. So you definitely need somewhere to keep your local information. Yeah, because there's so much out there. And it differs just slightly some of it. But, yeah, you know, some, that slight difference may not work here for whatever reason. And so I think it's been, it's been really helpful. Yeah, I um, think so. Some of the lighter things I think that have come out of it, though, is there's been some hilarious moments. It, and I think 
that the best part of being an emergency nurse or, or even an emergency um, doctor is that you have this ability to find humour in anything. I think <laughs> I reckon it's our coping mechanism. I reckon it's how we get through what we get through. Um, but some of it's been hilarious and we've got some fantastic photos of <laughs> like the director or, or assistant or deputy director putting their hand up in meetings because you just can't get a word in because everybody wants to ask their question <laughs> and it's just we're doing furniture like furniture removals but, yeah. with your deputy director as your removals man yeah uh, that was a pretty good move. team building moment that was it was all hands on deck it was yeah we were moving completely couches. change our department yeah. yeah shelving and it was that was pretty funny it was. It was. I remember going home that day and having a very stiff drink, though. It was hectic. Yeah, I have drank a lot of wine. Yeah. Over yeah. the last number of weeks. Yeah. Um, I've tried to substitute that for healthier behaviours <laughs> for the last two weeks. So I've been going for a walk or a cycle with my family every evening, and I feel like even if I still have wine, at least I've done something healthier yeah. beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had to um, not hit the bottle shop after the last lot of alcohol went dry, because I, if it's there, it's going to be drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. becoming an unhealthy habit. Yeah. But I don't think we're alone in that. Um, actually, we know we're not alone in that. No. Because of our, you know, we've also tried to keep each other sane um, and do virtual drinks and talk nothing COVID, which has been really nice. It's yeah, Novid days. Novid, Yep. Um, which is great. Yeah, we've had virtual drinks and we've actually done it as a wider team, like for the whole ED, and that was organised by our wellness group. Um, so they've got round two tonight, I think. Yeah, um, virtual pub, they're calling it. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know if you guys are struggling to try and debrief with people or, you know, there's some really good, you know, technology, I think, that's come out of this that's yeah. super usable. If I can use it, anybody can use it, let me tell you that. Well, if we can manage to do a podcast, I think anybody can manage to do anything. I think, you know. Yeah. I Can I just, like, legit say I never, ever thought that I would sit here talking to a computer <laughs> <laughs> to do a podcast about emergency nursing? It is, like, the furthest thing that I ever thought so that I fun, would do. Though. I think it's fun. Yeah. It's good. It I is think good fun. When when I had the idea, I had a look into what was out there for us. And there's not a lot that's nursing specific. And there's not a lot that's particularly Australian nursing specific. So No, and I think a lot are really specific. So it's like there's an education one or, you know, there's nothing that's really a bit of a hybrid blend yeah. of, you know, stories and education and little bits and pieces um which is our plan isn't yeah it? so we're going to try and make it like a little bit of everything mm. try and get some guest people on here yeah to... we'll get some specialists in their field yeah to talk to you about you know nutrition or um you know just self-wellness we'll get some experts in particular health fields as well so we yeah can talk like particular we can areas of education yeah. that people might want so maybe when this goes out if anybody actually listens to it, oh, they will. <laughs> you can let us know, you know, what kind of things you want to see us yeah. talk about. Um, we've had, we've got some ideas, but we want to we want to know what you guys want essentially because yeah, know, we can do leadership, we can mate, we can do anything. 
<laughs> sure. We, we can a try anyway. And if we can't do it, we'll find someone that can. Yeah. But yes, we definitely do want to bring some humour to it. We've got some fantastic stories that we originally were going to bring to you on the first episode. So we yeah. might um, we'll have to save that for a later a later episode. Yeah. We had some awesome people tell their stories like they're funny nursing stories and talk about <clears throat> what kind of superpowers you might need to be an ED nurse yeah um and some of them are very funny some of them are very funny yeah yeah some of them were not appropriate for podcast which I thought was hilarious we just have but... to keep them to ourselves <laughs> yeah for sure cool well thanks very much for tuning in we yeah. will be back we're planning to do one a month so yeah I think one a month is yeah. achievable um but I think for me Definitely knowing what you guys want to hear would be helpful yeah. too so that we know kind of how to pitch it or also tell us if it's crap <laughs> so that we can improve. Um, That would be good. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Wow. Well, good. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. time. See you. Thanks for listening to PodNed. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to review, rate and subscribe so we can bring you more fantastic content and tune in next month to hear all about what is the ED nurse superpower.